Hello, horror fanatics. I'm Frank. And I'm Jen, and we welcome you to our weekly podcast. Oh, oh the, the horror. horror. Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at oth at seriouslydecent.com. You can check our website out at ohthehorrorpodcast.com. Check out our back catalog, connect to your favorite platform. Mm-hmm connect to our social media links yeah our presences yes and uh yeah here we are here we are episode 101 yes mm-hmm. i find it uh interesting that this made 101 and in this time period like we didn't even really kind of have the foresight of looking into planning it but we have the holiday coming up here in the mm-hmm. states on thursday thanksgiving and, uh, you know, most of the holiday meals, people will be getting together and they'll break out their uh, special Oneida uh, silverware. Well, if you happen to have it. If you have yeah. some. So, if you uh, happen to have some Oneida silverware that you're breaking out for Thursday. Remember this. Remember this. Your <laughs> stainless steel, ornamental, moderately expensive. They weren't too crazy. No. But, um... Yeah, it's a uh, it's a history of not only Oneida Silverware that we're doing here, a company founded in 19th century upstate New York, a yes. religious community who believed in what I guess we could say communist ideals. Yeah, but they exploited capitalism for their own benefit. With yeah, they're the supposedly against all silverware. of it, but. You know, whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll get into it, but I thought it was funny that we'd be doing something with silverware with the holiday meal coming up. I thought that was... Yeah, I didn't even... No, we didn't even... No, we, like, we... I didn't even put that together. Even looking it up? Yeah. Yeah. No. I was well aware that they were behind the silverware. Mm-hmm. Didn't put that... Didn't associate that at <clears throat> all with yeah. Thanksgiving, let alone the people who use it every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Talking I said, to you, Mom. You could bring this nice, warm conversation topic. Yeah. Up uh, at, at the dinner table. At the holiday dinner. <laughs> I suggest it be after the blessing, you know, as you're sitting around and you're eating mm-hmm. and oh, you're like, maybe. hey, guys, fun fact. Yeah. Do you know the story behind your silverware? Yeah. 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 So awesome. We, you got some sources over there? Nah, I won it. Yeah, I have yeah. sources. <laughs> yeah. Socialwelfare.library.vcu.edu. Mm. Uh, That's um, a mouthful. The United Community, 1848 to 1880, a utopian community, and uh, news.usc.edu, the scandalous story behind a popular silverware brand, free love, religion, and eugenics. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah, they, they were fun, actually. I had uh, some of yours, a little kind of snips here and there. I've heard this story a couple times, mm-hmm. so I was pulling off of that. Uh, todayifoundout.com and untappedtitties.com. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Untapped cities. <laughs> Untapped cities. I was going to say, uh, I don't think there were any untapped titties in that community. Mm-hmm. All the titties were tapped. All the... Uh, the pickles were moistened. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Everybody just sticking their shit where it didn't belong. Sorta. Sorta. Yeah. So let's get into this shit show, shall we? You wanna? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into this. So the United Community. Mm -hmm. In the first part of the 19th century, more than 100,000 individuals formed utopian communities in an effort to create individual spiritual perfection within a harmonious society. Society. These mm-hmm. religious utopian communities sought a quote-unquote heaven on earth. The perfectionist movement came out of a Protestant revival known as the Second Great Awakening, which appealed to emotion and anticipated the second coming of Christ. Enter the United Community in New York. Mm-hmm. So the United Community was a perfectionist communal society dedicated to living as one family and to sharing all property work, Everything. and love. Yeah. They called their 93,000-square-foot home the Mansion House. Today, this National Historic Landmark houses a museum with permanent and changing exhibitions. I would like to check that out. Well, we could. It's the Oneida community was founded by John Humphrey Noyes in 1848 in Oneida, New York. The community believed that Jesus had already returned in AD 70, making it possible for them to bring about Jesus's millennial kingdom themselves and be free of sin and perfect in this world, not just a heaven, which was which is a belief of perfectionism, mm-hmm. but also the Oneida community practiced uh, communalism in the sense of communal uh, property, possessions, complex marriage, male continence, mutual criticism, and ascending fellowship. Doesn't complex marriage just sound like it's going to work? No, no, it doesn't. No, not at all? No, no, it just, doesn't. Just a little bit? Nothing in that says this is going to be successful. How would you be into a complex marriage? You don't even know nothing about it. You no, know? thank you. Just complex marriage. No, thank you. It's like, wasn't the regular marriage hard enough? Yeah. And now we're going to make it complex. Complex, which Mm. means you're going to make it even more convoluted. No, thank you. Juicy. Yeah. No, no, no. There were smaller Noisian communities in Wallingford, Connecticut, Mm -hmm. Newark, New Jersey, Putney, and Cambridge, Vermont. The community's original 87 members grew to 306 by 1878, the branches were closed in 1854, except for the Wallingford branch, which operated until devastated by a tornado in 1878. Yeah. The Oneida community dissolved in 1881, but set up a joint stock company called the Oneida Community Limited. Today, Oneida Limited is one of the world's largest designers and producers of tableware and cutlery. Mm-hmm. So, as you mentioned, yeah. complex marriage. Yeah. Let's break it out. What is it? What is this thing of which you Free love, man. It's free love. But is it? That's what they say it is. So if they say it, that's what it's got to be, Yeah, it's not really, though. The United Community believed strongly in a system of free love known as complex marriage, where any member was free to have sex with any other who consented. Mm. Noyes believed that complex marriage would move the community beyond divisive commitments to a single partner or family. All the men Mm -hmm. were thought to be linked in divine marriage to all the women. Mm -hmm. Possessiveness and exclusive relationships were frowned upon. No good. The community practiced coitus reservatus or male continence. That is... (laughs) 
intercourse without ejaculation. Coitus reservatus. I. (laughs) So you presented to me, would you be into complex marriage? I say to you. Would I you down, be? You down to practice coitus reservatus? Coitus reservatus? Yeah. <laughs> you can have sex, but you can't come. How's that sound? Well, they had some ways around that. Yeah. They actually trained kids. Yeah, we'll get into it. You know, they trained younger people mm-hmm. to master the art of coitus reservatus. Reservatus. I can't say it without laughing because I'm a seven-year-old. <laughs> I just can't. So which gets you more, the coitus or the reservatus? It's both. Because I can, I yeah, I think I, I have the internal strength to say coitus. Yeah, see? Yeah. Coitus, fine. I can say reservatus. Put them together. Fine. But coitus, reservatus. I just can't get over, like, you know, how do you even just throw that as, like, a thing? Like, Oh, all right. you got to stand in front of your community and be like, okay, guys, guys especially, I'm talking to you. Yeah. We are going to practice coitus reservatus, <laughs> which means we can have intercourse, but no ejaculation. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, that's not going to be doomed to failure. Well, and the funny part is, is, like, say, just a single person, John Humphrey Noyce, mm-hmm. uh, came up with this idea. Mm-hmm. The fact that he got everyone to follow in it was He legendary. must have been a good speaker. Well, here's the thing. I didn't get to go far enough on this as much as I'd like to. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of things going around. Poor excuse. But the fact is, is I, he was obviously leading this financially either through ideas. But they didn't or, start with the financial stuff. Yeah, that I know. came after. See, this, what's, this is what gets me with cults. It's the momentum. Mm-hmm. How did they get the momentum going? Because coitus reservatus. You did it! I Yay! did it. That's a hard sell. Yeah. Like in its own right. And that's one of the first few things you have that's to start talking about. That's not even the about. worst part. Children are now raised communally and do not live with their parents. No. But that I can see. That I can see happening. That happens with Scientology. Oh, it happens, happens with, with most all the cults. Most of these, you know, I mean, even the Jonestown ones were kind of. Yeah. But uh, Heaven's Gate, same thing. Like they couldn't be raised around mm-hmm. yeah. um, their, their parents. It was kind of a shared thing. I, I laugh how people say, oh, it just needs to be free. Everybody has the same thing. And it's like it never worked out. It's disaster after disaster after disaster. Yeah, we can give you it, several. Well, we are right now. Yeah, we're, we're doing several this. examples <laughs> off the top of our head. This one not even being the worst. Worst, yeah. Yeah. And and like I said, just the fact that, hey, um. You want to we join our mind, group? We don't mind if you have sex. You just don't get to finish. Hey, you want to join our group? Yeah, sure. All right. It's pretty simple, sim- simple philosophy. Come, we'll, we'll gather we all around. We together. We share our We stuff. share our work. We share. Wow, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be this perfect utopia. We share the food. We share the work. We share the love. Okay, 
How do you share the love? Well, oh, your vagina in, belongs to everyone. In general, you love everybody. <laughs> but to consummate, put put the hands together. Yes. We're going to have to do what's called a complex marriage. And that's like yeah. the person that's just like, oh, okay. Okay. A complex marriage? What's that? You know? Yeah. Well, the the whole the whole part of complex marriage is the is the restraint. Yeah. The coitus reservatives. <laughs> I don't think you could sell this. I don't think you Me? could sell this no. in your cult. <laughs> a, a, I couldn't sell it, and B, I couldn't be sold on it. No. Because they'd be like, look, get him out of the room. Yeah. Just get him, give him like 100 bucks to leave. Thanks for showing up. standing up and be like, wait, we can have sex, but we don't get to have the reward from sex? Like the best part, the how, whole reason why you're doing it? Excuse me, how do I reserve my coitus? Do I reserve? When do I get to release my coitus? <laughs> when do I get to perform said coitus release dust? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't last in the room. No, no. You know, everybody no. be like, that's a good question. Hey, you know, that's the That's problem. a really good question. Yeah. Hi, Mr. Noise. Can you answer this gentleman's question? <laughs> yeah, when do we get to come, dude? <laughs> well, you're here. You already came. <laughs> Maybe I could sell it. I just need I a lot know. of I need a lot of practice. So but. let's talk about ascending fellowship. Well, do we want to stick with the complex marriage a little bit? We're or, gonna let's uh, just do a broad a bro overhead broad thing. And then we'll dive I mean, back. We can talk in. about the, the women when they reach that beautiful age of forty. This how is ascending fellowship. How lucky they women are. Women over the age of forty mm -hmm. were to act as sexual mentors to adolescent boys as these relationships had minimal chance of conceiving. I mean they had the math. Hard together. stop. Yeah. No, they don't. Yeah. They don't because how many menopause babies do you know? I know when I went to school, there were at least three people in my class who were menopause babies. Same here. Yeah. Like, there's almost 20 years difference between them and their next oldest sibling. <laughs> well, and you figure in the States. Yeah. Like, 40 was old. Yeah. Yeah. Furthermore, these women became religious role models for the young men. Yeah, they raised them. Likewise, older men often introduced young women to sex. Noise often used his own judgment in determining the partnerships that would form. He was a matchmaker. And would often <laughs> encourage relationships between the non-devout and the devout in the community in the hopes that the attitudes and behaviors of the devout would influence the non-devout. Yeah. As in, like, if you believe in all this, you so get So you're saying you can have sex with everyone in the community. However, your leader's telling you, oh, you get to boink this yeah, person. he's a matchmaker. That's the complete opposite of what you said. You it's, said I could stupid. have sex with whoever consented. Mm -hmm. And now you're telling me. Yeah, now I got to go through the panel. Yeah. 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 I got to wait for you to tell me. I got to get the Caesar thumbs up or, or thumbs, the thumbs down. thumbs down. Yeah. On whether I get to boink Gwendolyn over there. Exactly. Yeah. That's stupid. <laughs> well, and, and I think what's interesting is the whole... Uh, but like, I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Encourage devout and non-devout. Yeah. 
you know, in the hope that these attitudes and behaviors of the devout would influence, you know. Here's the so, thought. So, hey, you can, you can get, a, you can get a, a hold of old Susie over here, but you got to drink the punch. You drink the punch, you get Susie over there. And Susie's like, fuck. It's get, just grape Kool-Aid, by the way. Just, just, That's the punch. Just let me know. I got to churn some butter and then let me know if I'm the lucky one yeah. this week. Yeah. And I mean, what could possibly go wrong? And the older men introducing the young women. Now, they don't specifically state ages of any of these people. No. And I'm sure rape never happened. Babe, it's complex. All right. It's no, complex it's not. Marriage. This is ascending fellowship. <laughs> we're not even at the marriage part. But yeah, they we're haven't just, even talked we're about just getting... descending. Yeah. We're just, I guess, fucking our way up to complex marriages. Is, is that the point? Well, and what I thought was interesting about this, too, is I've been wanting to talk to you about this all okay. week. And the restraint has been terrible. <laughs> Just about the whole group. The whole group. I, <coughs> <coughs> ladies and gentlemen, if this goes on too many paths, I'm sorry, but this is... This is... This is us. I've restrained. I've done coitus reservatus on this topic. I haven't talked you did all. topic reservatist. I did topic reservatist. So I think you get <laughs> topic releasivist. Re- releasivist. Right yes. now. Oh, I'm feeling dizzy just knowing that it's going to happen. Oh. Yeah. I, I think, like, this is where the whole free for all thing, like, once you start talking, like, even this stuff, like, trying to play matchmaker, I, I might get that. Because what they're talking about is reproducing. This isn't a relationship, you know. Well, I mean, they're not necessarily, they're just, um, I don't even think this, like this ascending fellowship, I don't even think this is about reproducing. I think this is about teaching boys Mm. how to have sex. And it can't possibly be about pleasure because... Nobody gets to come. There is some genius in it, though. There's a, a small, very small. My hand, my hands are, my fingers are very close together. All right. You got to sell small. me on yeah. this. The ability to train these young kids not to blow a wad. And they let them loose in these women over 40 who are just starving. Yeah. Starving to just pound the living beans out of a kid like... <sighs> Hungry. 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 Starving. <laughs> yeah. Chew yeah. through two kids for breakfast. Well, I tell you what. I tell you, you know. what wasn't happening. Mm. There was no reservatus. Yeah. <laughs> there was explosivus. Yeah, there was explosivus. Yeah. Because a, a young boy. But I'm just saying on paper. That was genius. Not even on paper is it genius. Well, no, because if you were dumb enough to think, well, after 40, women can't get pregnant, so let's just let loose these hellions on this young herd. And they just go nuts on them. You know? And they're just like, ah, I came in three seconds. All right, that's the bar. (laughs) See you this afternoon. Just All right. Beat these kids into submission. He's got to go with Sally because (laughs) Sally 
isn't even into sex. So well, maybe we can get him to at least five minutes before and then that's there's the, an explosion. That's the interesting thing of when they even had sex. Because, you know, this makes it sound like women at 40 are in no way sexual. B- which is 100% wrong. <laughs> like, you couldn't be any more wrong on anything. Yeah. In your life, you know, I. <laughs> what they should have just done is taken all the women that were sitting there with the, the, the bulletins, pa- the, the bulletins at church and being like, oh, "He's hot in here." Okay, those biddies, <laughs> they get, they get the dibs at this next up and coming crop, because they're not into any of that. <laughs> going to be like don't touch me don't touch me you're too hot (laughs) (laughs) and that my friends is how you coitus reservatus yeah yeah because you don't get to touch of us but even even the rooms that they procreated in well or performed coitus they were like extremely uncomfortable cramped like like there was no trying to get people to fall in love with each other. Like they, it wasn't allowed, man. No, it wasn't allowed. You know, so they just had these rooms that were just breeding rooms, basically, where they just go in, do the deed, done, and then like send Tommy off across the other side of the town, and yeah. then put Gwendolyn over, you know, churning butter with Kathy, who just, uh, you know, Ugh. had some coitus, unreservedness. <laughs> I don't know. So as if these two things weren't enough to sell people? I think so far it's going great. Let's I don't get see into what's mutual wrong. criticism. Because uh-huh. this is the best part. Yeah. This is where every member of the community is subject to criticism by committee mm-hmm. or the community as a whole yeah. during a general meeting. Yeah. So that means you're all sitting there. Mm-hmm. Nobody's been a- able to blow a wad. Yeah. Well, I don't Cougars know. Cougars got the... I think there's some that were blowing a lot of Oh, wads. I'm sure yeah. wads were blown. So you had, like, one half of the group that was really, like, loose, relaxed, like, dude, chill out, everything's great. And then you had the other half that was ready to snap someone in half. Yeah. So let's bring in mutual criticism. Yes. Yeah, so That'll balance it all out, Let's criticize the right? shit out of everybody. Yeah, yeah. I say you go after the people that are already super uptight because they haven't blown a wad in a while. Mm-hmm. What could go wrong? So, so the goal is to eliminate undesirable character traits, mm. you know, by humiliating them in front of the group. Various contemporary sources contend that Noyes himself was the subject of criticism, although less often and of probably less severe criticisms than the rest of the community. Mm. So Charles Nordiff witnessed the following criticism of member quote-unquote Charles. So I wonder if this uh, Charles Nordiff, who uh, is witnessing the criticism of a fellow Charles, I wonder Mm -hmm. if this was what was said to him. Charles sat speechless, looking before him, but as the accusations multiplied, his face grew paler, and drops of perspiration began to stand on his forehead. The remarks I have reported took up about half an hour, and now... Each one in the circle, having spoken, Mr. Noyes summed up. 
He said that Charles had some serious faults, that he had watched him with some care, and that he thought the young man was earnestly trying to cure himself. He spoke in general praise of his ability, his good character, and of certain temptations he had resisted in the course of his life. He thought he saw signs that Charles was making a real and earnest attempt to conquer his faults. And, as one evidence of this, he remarked that Charles had lately come to him to consult him upon a difficult case in which he had had a severe struggle, but had, in the end, succeeded in doing right. Quote, In the course of what we call stirripiculture, said Noyes, Charles, as you know, is in the situation of one who is by and by to become a father. Under these circumstances, he has fallen under the two common temptation of selfish love and a desire to wait upon and cultivate an exclusive intimacy with the woman who was to bear a child through him. This is an insidious temptation, very apt to attack people under such circumstances, but it must nevertheless be struggled against. Charles, he went on to say, had come to him for advice in this case, and he, Noyes, had at first refused to tell him anything, but had asked him what he thought he ought to do. That, after some conversation, Charles had determined, and he agreed with him, that he ought to isolate himself entirely from the woman and let another man take his place at her side. And this Charles had accordingly done with a most praiseworthy spirit of self-sacrifice. Charles had indeed still further taken up his cross, as he had noticed with pleasure by going to sleep with the smaller children to take charge of them during the night. Taking all this in view, he thought Charles was in a fair way to become a better man and had manifested a sincere desire to improve and to rid himself of selfish faults. Mm. So, I mean, that's great. I think all this is smooth so far. Now that I've gotten past my seven-year-old self with the uh, mm-hmm. coitus reservatus. Yeah. See? Yeah. Look at you go. Yeah, I'm already in. Yeah. This all sounds good. Yeah. On paper. Yeah. And so in like, practice. You think, just, where do I sign, Mr. Barry Gordy? Yeah, the, the stirp, stirpiculture. Stripiculture. 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 That's a... Uh... Stupid. Yeah, because it's eugenics, basically. That's, uh, yeah, they they... This was definitely a eugenics group. And this is what happens. All these groups get together and it's a bunch of people getting together and saying, well, you know how we could be better? Let's let's selectively do things. Let's just you know? breed out the best traits. Breed out the best traits or do to this make- weaning of, uh, you know, the, what do you call it? Uh, mutual criticism. Mm-hmm. You know, this is all about, Creating perfect people. Yes. You know, which is, uh, I hate to say it, coincidentally, almost happening now. With You have to say, you got to watch what you say. You, you got to be careful. Because right if you don't say the right things, you'll be eliminated. You'll be kicked out of you'll the group. You'll be canceled. You'll be canceled. You'll allowed. be kicked out of the group. You know, that's eugenics. Yeah. I don't care what you think. It's what it is. Read more. Listen, listen to this a little more. Do better. It's not that hard. (laughs) Try harder. (laughs) Just fucking try. How how about, how about we try, we start there. But you look at uh, some shocking similarities with all these kind of cult groups. It's, they get the kids separated from the parents. Mm -hmm. 
They do this weaning type thing. They break up and, the family unit. And they break up the family unit. Every single, single. one of them. Yep. And that's what you got to look out in the future. Right, yes. Like, I think these cult of the months are giving people tools for the future. I really do. <laughs> you know, because they all have these same Hallmark traits. <laughs> they do. And when you see that, you could be like, oh, my God, this, this is, is a cult. cult. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's the goal here. Fool me once. Yeah. No, 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 no. But, I mean, separate the children, destroy the family unit. Yep. Yep. And and then once divide you, and conquer. Once you get these children weaned, and this was around the age of one in this group. Oh. This is quick. Yeah. You know. And they were raised communally in the children's wing or south wing, they called it. Mm -hmm. The parents were allowed to visit, but the children's department held jurisdiction over raising the offspring. So no matter what was happening to these kids, yeah. they couldn't do anything. The parents couldn't do the anything. The parents, they yeah. couldn't do anything. And if the department suspected a parent and a child were bonding too closely, mm -hmm. this is just bonding. Yeah. This isn't trying to push any no. kind of narrative or no. anything. Just bonding. The community would enforce a period of separation because the group wanted to stop the affection between the parents and the children. Yeah. It's a natural course of action. And just to stop that, I mean... Where do you see success coming out of this? It's crazy. You have to be so full of yourself mm -hmm. and so full of your idea and so full of your beliefs to actually think separating parents from their children is a good, is, is a good idea. Is better. Yeah. Not just a good idea, better than them being together, which is amazing. The I wish someone had done a follow-up study on the children from the community to see what kind of effects that had on said children. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, is there more substance abuse? Is there more assault or... I wouldn't even go that, that uh, granular with it. I just, what's their trust? What's their faith? And people like mm -hmm. what's their trust in humanity? What's their faith in humanity? Mm -hmm. Do you trust a stranger? If you don't trust a stranger, what would they have to do to give you an assurance? Like how far would they have to come to you on your side, on your end to feel comfortable? You know, how, how much work does somebody have to, to mm -hmm. produce other than just say, hi, my name's Frank. How are you today? You know, that just like how much more after after yeah. that, you know, but the children's department in this case, they had a male and a female supervisor to look after children, but, you know, between ages two and 12. And the supervisors made sure that children followed a routine, dressing, prayers, breakfast, work, lunch, school, you know, work, playtime, supper, prayer, study, you know, and it yeah. just like this continuous cycle. And it was adjusted according to age and ability. And this was basically what some call this uh, stirp, stirpiculture. Yeah. I always want to say serpico. But uh, this was basically the first. Can we just call it stupid culture? Well, but this is actually historical in a way. This was the first positive eugenics experiment in the United States. This Ugh. right here. And, and it wasn't recognized as such then uh, because of their religious framework they had. Right, but, yeah. But as people look back in it. You know, this really was a, a a first positive eugenics. And I'm not saying positive as in good. This, like the eugenics bit of it, positive eugenics, eugenics is this 
uh, process to make people better. And that's yes. the, the yeah. positive part of it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy because all examples of these are just failures. Yeah. Every single one of eugenics. Yeah. It just, and not like, not like kind of failure, almost had it type thing. Like just down in a fiery blaze of glory crash disaster. <laughs> and you see them still pop up within things, you know, and I yeah. hate to say it, you're seeing it now in some yeah. area with people. And it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm not Nostradamus. I'm not going to give you a little crazy haiku on this. It's going to yeah. end in a disaster. <laughs> So, uh, so what else do we want to get into on this? Because there's plenty to be had. So, before we get into the, we haven't even gotten into the fact that they started a a silverware a silverware company. And here's the yet. thing: I have so much <laughs> other stuff that I mean, aside from the fact that, like, I don't even get into how they came up with the idea that why don't we make silverware? Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 I don't have. It's just all of a sudden. Yeah, no, this is what we're doing. We're making silverware. Okay. Well, they had kind of just these roots in entrepreneurship before they created silverware. When Noise created the community, uh, they spun silk. They made thread. Uh, they canned fruits and vegetables. They made animal traps. Uh, and this is kind of how, like I said earlier, like this guy had an appeal because like he just had like an entrepreneurial spirit. And people gather behind that. Yeah, and it's funny because they want to do like this commun- communism, mm-hmm. socialism, utopian society type thing and spurn capitalism. But there are capitalists at the end of the day. Well, no, what it is, you know, I, I explain this to people that don't get like the whole free market thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the way you get money. Yeah. Period. Yeah. End of statement. Yeah. You ever see the video? It's, I mean, it's rigged. It's not a natural video of something happening, but it shows these two women at the market and they're selling these crates of eggs. Have you ever seen that? No. Well, and they, and they show, uh, the, the one woman, she's got like four crates of eggs. They Mm -hmm. each got like four crates. We'll just say, and one's selling uh, one crate for like 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. We'll just say, and they're both selling them for 20 bucks. Well, one sells it, you know, turns and looks and says, you know, one or no, one selling for 20, one selling for 15. You know, one selling for 15 is obviously selling more eggs because they can get it for $5 cheaper. So the woman looks and she goes, hmm, all right, I'll, uh, I'll sell, you know, I'll, I'll drop down to 15 and be competitive. And the woman goes, well, fine, I'm going to be really competitive and does it like five bucks. Mm -hmm. So now it's like. 15 bucks and five bucks, $10 cheaper. So the woman who has the $15 one hands, buys all of, hands her a, 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 a bunch of her money and buys all of her eggs, mm-hmm. the $5 yeah. eggs, yeah. puts it on there and then raises her price to $30. Yeah. Because the woman has no eggs now and right. she's going to make, you know, and yeah. you do the math, yeah. you make more money on it. And mm-hmm. it's like, that's, that's natural. That's you know it was a it was a rigged thing to watch but like you could do that yeah it that happens in real life constantly mm-hmm. you know because it's not just about getting the lower price if you get the lower price I could buy you all out 
right. and become yeah. the central thing of it. Yeah, you, know? you become a monopoly. Yeah. So free markets, you know, they rule the roost no matter yeah. what. Yeah. And, and you've got these natural tendencies that people have. Envy, mm-hmm. greed, mm-hmm. all of these things. And they're not just fixed with money. No. They're fixed with your eyes yeah. and your ears and yeah. your tastes, you know. Um, you you would get pissed off if I just gave you Necco wafers and I sat here and ate Kit Kat bars every time we did a podcast. You'd be like, what the fuck? And you'd get You'd pissed. be getting beaned in the face with Necco wafers throughout the entire podcast. But you would get pissed. Yeah, you know, I would. You would get totally pissed. I'd at- be like... Fuck you and your Necco yeah. wafers. You eat the paste candy. How about nobody eats no candy? <laughs> and it's just, uh, and and there's this natural ability where it works out, where people just come up with better ideas than others. Yeah. It's not a thing of equality with others. Just people are good at ideas mm-hmm. and they create ideas. It's kind of like a painter and yeah. someone who has no ability. Someone can look at a canvas and see a beautiful background and not only can they see it, because maybe even the person who can't paint can see that same thing. But what makes the painter amazing is the one that can put the colors together, the brush, and actually put it down mm-hmm. on there. Yeah, and that's complete what, the vision. And complete the vision. That's what makes them unique and different. And that's where you have these type of communities that are trying to do equal, the same. And it just doesn't work because no. people will poke out and be individuals yeah and then it creates this dissension in the group right. because, in the ranks yeah yeah but this is where they started getting up their entrepreneurial stuff and then noise went to um he was obsessed with studying uh theologically uh theological uh seminary at yale and during um what they call the second great awakening uh period characterized by um it's at a it's an emphasis on creating a personal connection with god mm-hmm Noise was surrounded by a culture of religious questioning, and he decided to take his this questioning a step further by suggesting that that second coming that you were talking about yeah. earlier, and that all gained the momentum on this. But he was doing entrepreneurial stuff and hanging out with these people before. Yeah. So they had all that rolling in, and they were, you know, the group together. So they he already had the leadership ability of the group. Right. He already had that established before all this came in. I mean, I think they would have just raised out a, a company, but then he got all wackadoo. Yeah, he did. And- so um, Ellen Whalen Smith is an assistant professor of writing at the USC uh, Dornsife College of Letters, Arts and Sciences. Mm-hmm. And she was tracing the extraordinary history through the community's founder, John Humphrey Noyes, of whom she is a descendant. Mm. So Noyes was the scion of a prominent Vermont family, graduate of Yale Theological Seminary, and founded his own offshoot of Protestantism, dubbing it perfectionism. Like most Christians during this uh, period, Noyes believed in the second coming. He also believed he was God's prophet on earth. Also, highly... uh, What's redundant because this this, it's in almost all the cults amid the fervor of religious revival. He attracted a group of devoted followers seeking an alternative to Puritanism. And in 1848, he established the revolutionary community in rural New York that aimed to achieve a sin free life through God's grace while espousing equality of the sexes and encouraging sex with multiple partners via complex marriage. 
Quote, Anita tells the story of how a communo-capitalist, free-love religious sect over the space of a century transformed into one of the country's premier silverware manufacturers. Anita Community Limited, the very picture of middle-class propriety and the white picket fence American dream. Wayland Smith said, Anita was very much a product of its time. In my book, I placed the community in the context of the Second Great Awakening and the expansion of American capitalism while highlighting noises, incorporation of communism, utopianism, eugenics, and spiritualisms. So she has the whole thing up for grabs. Mm. While the idea of a Christian communist free love community sounds far-fetched today, Wayland Smith argues that Noyes' vision was rooted in the larger American culture of the period. All these things that sound strange to our ears today were in fact up for grabs in the 1840s, an incredibly open time when almost anything seemed possible, she said. I could buy that. Anita was one of dozens of small experimental communities that sprang up in the 1840s, aiming to find alternative socialist living styles in reaction to their disgust at the way they saw America going in terms of a market economy, capitalism, industrialism, and class. Mm-hmm. I think it's more class that's, well, that pisses pisses most of these these things off. You know, the haves, have, have-nots. You yeah, know. yeah. I think also, like, busting on it was easy earlier, but my, my thing with it, and believing that that was a big thing around then mm-hmm. was you also got to look at the time period. Everybody was leaving Europe mm-hmm. to come to America. Yeah. And the ones that were really established in Europe that were part of the structure, like everybody that left was, had a reason to leave. I'm not saying for good or for bad, but like right, everybody but had mean... a reason to leave with Europe. So that's where you had all these alternative ideas right at and the time also, and this is one of nobody them. thought that the u.s would have won its freedom from great britain because great Mm-mm. britain was a they were a master yeah of uh what do i want to say colonialism yeah <laughs> yeah i yeah. mean they were like the america wasn't colonies yeah america yeah. wasn't their first stab at colonialism i mean no they were all through africa at this point and south america and i mean they and their roots are still hold yeah. in those areas yeah i mean like yeah. that's like like people don't understand that bit where like how big of a deal it really was yeah for the revolutionary war in the united states yeah like so that, this became the place to be nobody because, did that yeah you know so if you yeah. were different if you were an outcast yep. if you were yeah you had All a, of those things you had a better stab over there because they were doing something different yep you know yeah yeah it's so easy to like target early america as like you know the same evil machine that everyone else was at the age but like they were doing everything different yeah. they revolted against Britain, I mean, and just, fucking you know, one and, and one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, people go, oh, help with the French and blah, blah, blah. They won. At the end of the you day, know, they, they won. They won. Yeah. You know, and they're still fucking sour pusses over it. Sorry, uh, European or England fans, but, you know, it just, it's true. <laughs> I share on you know. uh, July 4th every year, happy treason day on grateful <laughs> colonials. Yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> But that, I could get I could get these different ideas and how they would be a little. You would more, be like, why not try this out? Yeah, and this would be the place to try it. Mm-hmm. I don't mean here specifically. I mean yeah. here in the United States. Well, and I also think maybe looking at the indigenous people and looking that on the surface mm-hmm. and thinking, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe maybe there there is a way to go with that. I don't know. I mean, and that didn't 
even <laughs> I, I laugh when I talk to some people and they're just like, well, you know, this place was all sunshine and rainbows until we showed up. And I'm like, yeah. nah, you might want to read a few books. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's might sunshine and rainbows associated yeah. with anything. No. Honestly. Nope. So ironically, as the community had emerged partly in protest against the uh, Industrial Revolution, Oneida embraced manufacturing. So before the community disbanded in 1879, the company began manufacturing spoons at its Wallingford, Connecticut branch, laying the foundations of the 20th century silverware giant Oneida Limited. Mm-hmm. So... She brings up a really good aspect of the whole, you know, coitus reservatives, all of that. If Anidans were devout Christians and prosperous manufacturers who were often to be seen playing genteel games of croquet on their stately mansions, manicured lawns, behind closed doors they pursued another, more controversial aspect of community life. Noise sought to uproot selfishness from the human soul— that included not only giving up possessions, but also special attachments to people. Noyes saw marriage as a form of property ownership, Wayland Smith explained. He believed that such feelings of selfish, selfish ownership prevented people from bonding together to form the body of Christ. The answer, Noyes determined, was a form of free love he dubbed complex marriage. Mm. This dabbling into complex marriage first occurred when Noise and Mary Cragen, an original community member, fell in love and embarked on a sexual relationship, Wayland Smith said. Soon, Anita's founding group, which had comprised Noise's wife, Harriet, his sisters, their husbands, and Cragen's husband, George, they were all enthusiastically swapping spouses. George. They were swingers basically before swinging was ever invented, mm. Wayland Smith said. Yeah. However... Free love as practiced by Anidans had its downside, as lovers were forbidden from becoming too close. Yeah. Quote, if a couple became too attracted to one another, they would frequently be split up. Yeah. End quote, Waylon Smith said. The reason they joined Anida was because they thought selfishness was a primordial sin, and they wanted to get rid of it so that... So they spent a huge amount of time in agony trying to uproot themselves from our um, partiality. If all this sounds admirable, Admirably self-sacrificing, Wayland Smith discovered Noyce had another less selfless angle. At Yale, he had fallen in love with his first convert, a girl named Abigail Merlin. When she married somebody else, Noyes wrote to her saying that while on earth she might be married to another, in heaven she was his spiritual bride. He eventually extended that, saying that all brides and grooms must share one another. So if you're doing a psychobiographical reading of how this free love idea came about, Waylon Smith said, then yes, it was because Noyce was obsessed with this woman who abandoned him, thereby leading him to develop this whole theory of spiritual wives. It should be noted that Waylon Smith grew up with Anita community spending summers and Christmases at the 93,000 square foot Oneida Community Mansion House, a rambling brick colossus with more than 200 rooms. Wayland Smith was familiar with the story of Noise as a visionary and benevolent socialist. However, many key aspects of her family's history had remained hidden, which is what prompted this whole study. Mm. There was this whole other narrative that was unknown to me as a child. She said, my family were so ashamed of the lurid sexual aspect of the Oneida experiment, they didn't talk about it while I was growing up. It wasn't until she began researching her book that she learned the full story. 
There was a controversial side of the family history that I unearthed that I'd never been told for obvious reasons. So her big question is, was Noyes a madman or a saint? And she she believes that he's both. There are parts of Noyes' theology that were beautiful and inspired, and there are parts that were creepy and sinister and self-serving. I came away from this project thinking you can't ever say anything is just one thing. It's always more complicated than that. So this brings us to the actual decline of the community, if you will. So just before the decline, mm-hmm. you know, this is, I think, again, every single cult we do, it attributes to the same statement. The road to hell is, is paved, paved with, with good, good intentions. intentions. All these people that have started these groups and got all this going, mm-hmm. um, some of them were very narcissistic. Some of them had a lot of self-gain in it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the group, I'm not yeah. going to talk about the leaders as much right now. Yeah, no. Just I'm going to talk group. the collective group. The collective group had the greatest of intentions in mind. Yes. And then it went to shit. Yes. Every single time. Yes. And and that's where, you know, you again, you got to be careful with these things mm-hmm. and look at it in, mm-hmm. in different ways. I mean, I had to laugh where they're just talking about how, oh, we got to separate these people out if they're falling in love and all this stuff. This is natural stuff that you're... You know, so even him talking about like You're mortal, defying nature. mortal sin and all that yeah. stuff. It's like you are trying to play God now. And, you know, you know I find that's... it interesting. They're doing this whole wife swapping thing. And then to say to that one woman, you know, you may have an earthly husband, but I'm your spiritual husband. And are you all forgetting the. Well, that's where they all start the to commandment. Get... Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Yeah, but that well, And you see right from the beginning. That's where it all like if you're just doing this free love thing all around, you can't throw the Bible up in the air next to it. Yeah. It's just doesn't work. It doesn't match. It's literally like trying to put a square peg through a round hole. It's impossible because you could just pull up any of the main core items on it and be like, yeah, this doesn't drive well. You know, that's why I'm surprised so many people were down for it. I mean, this was a time when religion was pretty prominent. Yeah. But again, I think this is these perfect storm moments like mm-hmm. what we talk about with Salem, with the witch trials yeah. and stuff. These perfect storm moments where, all right, well, the states have been established. Yeah. War of 1812 has already taken place. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, you've you got a, a growing, you got growing areas, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. But this is a special area. Because in I think I got some history on this. Uh, I think around the 1830s, that's when the Erie Canal started up mm-hmm. and so that brought a whole different like uh channel for commerce and industry right yeah and these guys are right next to the erie canal mm-hmm. so you have you know the uh different jobs they were doing that i was explaining earlier the different industries location, they were getting in. location it location really really is yeah. and 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 so you get the beginning of this where they're they're making a lot of money they're they're taking full advantage of the Erie Canal and everything that yeah. it brings over as a distribution channel. So they're starting to get some money and they're asking themselves, is there a way we could do everything better? Mm-hmm. We have no rules here. We don't have this overarching body, mm-hmm. government, quote unquote, that's telling us how to do what we're supposed to do, how to do, you know, how to practice a religion, who to practice, how to practice, why to practice. It's all 
grassroots from mm-hmm. the ground. So come up with this idea. Everything's great. And it seems great. And it seems heavenly. Seems amazing. And it starts out and it's good because people are, they're going to let things go that yeah. they normally wouldn't because yeah. it's new and it's yeah. exciting. And it just, yeah, well, you know, and that's the this whole. This is the start of something. Yeah, we can let that go. We can overlook that, you know, and that's where the cognitive. We'll address that later. Yeah, that's the cognitive dissonance of, yeah, uh, we, you know, that's that's just a one-off, you know, and then it happened again. Ah, it's just Tim, you know, yeah. and, <laughs> and, and they go through all that. But then also what was happening at the same time is this industry's booming in Oneida. Right, yeah. And they're. You got to remember, there was no uh, labor unions. There was none of that stuff. People were working like 90 hours a week, mm-hmm. you know, just working to the bone. So they're bringing more people in to work and yeah. be employed because they need workers and they need to keep people happy. And and then so you've got this crazy idea. And now you've got these outsiders coming mm-hmm. in and that brings towards where you're going to head with the decline. But but all of this coming together, I mean, I can see where it would happen. I could see where people would want to buy into it. Mm-hmm. I think there's a common thread with things. The more money you get in your life, and I can speak personally on this, uh, the more money you get in your life and the more comfortable you are with things, the more the little things start to annoy you. Mm-hmm. Things that you wouldn't even think about. Things that you wouldn't give the time of day. Right. And so you start going in this weird disconnected area mm-hmm. where if you're just working and trying to stay alive, it's pretty easy. Life is simple. Right. Yeah. You're grateful for simple things. You're grateful that you get to eat today. You're grateful that you can drink good drinking water, you know, and all these little basic things. People stay pretty basic and, and, and they just are grateful for the little small things. But once you kind of elevate yourself up, then you start nitpicking on things that you never would have gave a shit about right? when you had nothing. And if you've had everything your whole life, then you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm sorry. <laughs> but the fact is, is yeah. like you just, there's this whole level of things. And I think that's where you had this group that just was of the earth, so mm-hmm. to speak, doing what they can to stay alive, but then elevating their status in life, their station in life. And they were, you know, well, maybe we can just fix the whole thing. And then once you hear that, that's where it's going to plop down. The community lasted until John Humphrey Noyes attempted to pass the leadership thereof to his son, Theodore. Mm -hmm. The move was unsuccessful because Theodore was was an agnostic and lacked his father's talent for leadership. The move also divided the community as communitarian John Towner attempted to take control himself. With the commune, there was a debate about when children should be initiated into sex and by whom. There was also much debate about its practices as a whole. The founding members were aging or deceased, and many of the younger communitarians desired to enter into exclusive traditional traditional marriages. The capstone of all these pressures was the harassment campaign of Professor John Mears of Hamilton College, not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> he called for a protest meeting against the United community. It was attended by 47 clergymen. John Humphrey Noyes was informed by trusted advisor Myron Kinsley that a warrant for his arrest on charges of statutory rape was imminent. In late June 1879, Noyes fled the United Community Mansion House for Canada, never to return to the United States. With noise gone, the community soon abandoned complex marriage and broke apart. 
Remaining members reorganized is a joint stock company called the Oneida Community Limited. The last original member of the community, Ella Florence Underwood, died at the age of 101 on June 25, 1950 in Kenwood, New York, near Oneida, New York. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, they, they basically disintegrated. I mean... It went down in a blaze of glory. <laughs> well, it's usually how it works. I just love that this professor was like, fuck this shit, and the whole group, and all them sons of bitches. Well, Let's all get together. <laughs> it becomes a majority thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. that's, that's where, you know, I always heard, I, I talk about it frequently, but I had that... uh uh, it was a security conference with like a four-star general, you mm-hmm. know, and he's just sitting there talking. He goes, yeah, you're you're only as right as the room. Right. And I remember that hit me like a two-by-four. Yeah. Because I sat back and all of the times I was in a room and I knew I had right on my side, but the room didn't know it and yep, they didn't understand. The room underst- didn't care. And the room didn't care. Yeah. Or they didn't understand or they didn't want to understand. Yeah. You know, and so that's when you realize that even right can be the minority yeah, in a sea full of ignorance or, yes. yeah. or just uh, jealousy or mm-hmm. ego, you mm-hmm. know, insert all the stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, that was a life changing lesson for me that day. I remember, mm-hmm. I remember I sat down and like all the notes I took, I'm like, I don't need to take any more notes. I wrote that down yeah. and I was like, I have probably the most useful piece of knowledge yeah, that I can learn. And I remember coming back and I remember being in meetings at work and like mm-hmm. things would just, you know, be spinning off in terrible directions. And I remember, you know, and I, I say this to folks that are listening, do this small little equation when you're in a group of people where you're brainstorming ideas mm-hmm. and you have a very, very good idea. By no means don't shut up. I'm not saying that. No. Present your idea. Present it clearly. Yes. Present it why you think it's a good idea. Yes. And then if you get shot down right away by a whole group of people. You're not going to turn I hate to that say group it, of people Close around. your book, yeah. click your pen, put it down, and just lean back and watch the group burn to the ground. Yeah. I hate to say it, but that's just. Sometimes you have to let people fail. Yeah. In yeah. order to ultimately succeed. Failure is the best lesson to learn uh, where you screwed up. It's a huge lesson. And some people... You have to lose. It, you have to lose in order to appreciate any gain. Yeah. You have to lose in order to learn the lesson and to be able to move forward, if for no other reason than to note to yourself, don't do that again. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I just... I love listening to people that talk openly about their failures. Yes. I just, I think it's yes. like the most humiliating things, you know, or just filled with humility, not yeah. humiliating, yeah. but filled with humility and just to strip, you know, strip away all ego yeah. and talk about their failures. And, and, you know, some of them, I hate to say it, you'll have some failures where you're not going to learn anything. No. You're just not ready. Yeah. I, you won't learn it until much later. Yeah, no, later on. it may on. take another failure or it may take a success for you to reflect yeah. and or actually get something from that. But there is something to be gleaned yeah, from Yeah, but there's no recipe to it. No. I mean, you could just be listening to a song and look back and, 
you're 10, 15 years older and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's what I should have done, you know, yeah. or or that was that that was what I was supposed that's to learn. That's what yeah. that means. So that's why you can't hang up on your failures. You can't let them drive you and make your life what you are, but you can't let them go either. You yeah. got to hang on to them and be at peace with them. Yeah. You know, and, and if you can't find direct peace with them, you, you will later. Right. At some point. I remember just being younger and, oh, man, God, I thought I knew fucking everything. I thought I knew everything. And I look back now, I didn't know shit. It's the hubris of the young. I didn't know yeah. shit. I didn't know a yep. damn thing. Yeah. I didn't know anything about fuck or fuck about know, anything. I didn't know shit about yeah, fuck. Yeah, I didn't know shit about fuck. I, I just, I didn't know anything. And yet I still was able to succeed in things and maneuver through things. So. Yeah. You just can't look at success as a measure of doing right or wrong, or you can't look yeah. at it as knowing what you're doing. You know, you can succeed right into a fiery crash. And that's yeah. this. Yeah. That's this here. They had a amazing enterprise mm -hmm. of different things, animal trapping and silk creation and canning distribution. Yeah. And, and then they got into silverware. And I mean, it's still around. Yeah. I know it's a different company, but man, Starting off like that with a name like that and it's still going, you yeah. know, I mean, it's, it's amazing. At some point, and, I believe they dropped the community to just an Ida Limited mm -hmm. and it was an Ida Limited for as long as they could go. Yeah. And then it just, uh, you know, I believe they were purchased by another company. Yes, they were. But that company still produces an Ida Silverware. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. No, they did uh, kind of like a joint stock company way, way back. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was after they abandoned complex marriage. <laughs> and they were trying to just like scrape by and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then uh, early 20th century, that was the new company, Oneida Community Limited. And they just were in silverware. Yeah. The animal trap business, uh, they got rid of that in the early 1900s along with the silk business. And the canning um, discontinued as it was unprofitable. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this joint stock corporation, it still exists. And I mean, they make great silverware. I'm not going to knock them. They used you know. to have um, a uh, and this a warehouse, like it was the Oneida Factory warehouse. They had mm -hmm. the Oneida Factory and it was essentially all of your silverware, not just like silverware, but like. Anything that was made, uh, that was tableware that was made of silver. Yeah. And then they uh, branched out for a time into crystal. Mm -hmm. So you could get, uh, I remember going there. They had a uh, silver, like, covered photo album where you could, it was kind of like a silver frame and you could slide a photo into it. And then that was a photo album. They had uh, crystal frames. They had crystal glassware. They had crystal, like, uh, punch bowl sets, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera. And then they had, you could get, like, your silver platters. You could get, you could buy a fork or you could buy many forks. You could buy a spoon or many spoons. You know, you could get just salad forks or you could go and get just, like, pickle forks or whatever it was it was pretty incredible and the prices were great yeah 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 
Now there's a um, if if you like to read further, there's an account of uh, the Oneida community is found in Sarah Vowell's book, Assassination Vacation. Okay. It discusses the community in general and the membership of Charles. Uh, I'm going to butcher the name. Gutau, G-U-I-T-E-A-U, for more than five years in the community. Okay. What makes this person interesting is they later assassinated President James A. Garfield. So President James A. Garfield was assassinated by an Oneida community member. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's a uh, perfectionist uh, community in um, a novel called Pagan House. That was written in 2007, and uh, it's David uh, Flussfeders, F-L-U-S-F-E-D-E-R, and that's directly inspired by the Oneida community. Fair enough. And basically, there's the Oneida Community Mansion House, mm-hmm. was listed as a National Historic Landmark in 1965. Okay. And the principal surviving material culture of Oneida community uh, consists of those landmark buildings, object collections, and landscape. The five buildings of the mansion house, separately designed by uh, Erastus Hamilton and Louis W. Leeds and Theodore Skinner, comprise of a 93,000-square-foot mansion mansion on a 33-acre site. Okay. The site has been continuously occupied since the community's establishment in 1848, and the existing uh, mansion house has been occupied since uh, 1862. So uh, today it's a nonprofit educational organization chartered by State of New York and welcomes visitors throughout the year with guided tours, programs, and exhibits. It preserves, collects, and interprets the intangible and material culture of the United Oneida community and of related themes of the 19th and 20th centuries. So it's just okay. kind of like a combo museum. Uh, the mansion house also houses um, residential apartments, overnight guest rooms, and a meeting space. Hmm. So there's not much left of the group because when noise died, they burned everything. everything. All of his notes, yep. all of his stuff. So this is basically what you see at the mansion. That's it. It's pretty much it, unless somebody's sandbagging some stuff and, right, yeah. you know, they Sitting let that go something. later. But, yeah, for the most part, that's it. But, yeah, score another one for eugenics. <laughs> score another one for eugenics and free love, man. You know, complex I... marriages. Hey, I started with that. I ended with it. You're on a sinking ship right there. Yeah. It's, uh... You lost me at complex. <laughs> I stopped listening. <laughs> you got like, me. Oh no. Yeah, you got. No, thank you. You got me hooked on coitus reservatus. <laughs> ah, you were doing oh, so good. My God, that's just funny. I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. But I bet all those little boys who weren't allowed to come, yeah, would beg to differ. Mm. It's not funny, man. Yeah, I don't know. I bet there was a lot of aggression. Well, I don't know, because, again, different <laughs> times. Uh, I read somewhere in this, but it also made me think of something else that I read, uh, and I can't remember exactly what it was about. But there was this, uh, like, thought that, like, you know, you could waste your semen, so you had to use it sparingly. Like, I remember reading that a couple of times. And I think that probably applied here, where it's just, again, different culture. 
different way of thinking things. So people were more motivated to perform some reservatus with their coitus so they wouldn't waste their semen. <laughs> I knew I'd get you with that. But it's true. <laughs> and this is where Jen breaks. She's broken. No. It's just there are some guys that have more semen than others. Yeah. And if you're making them safe enough, oh, yeah. that poor woman that has yeah. sex with them. Yeah. This human's going to blow out of her hair follicles yeah. on top of her head. Yeah, no, there's there's some people. And blow her across the room. <laughs> there's some people that have a, a large stock. <sighs> you can't do that, man. <laughs> well, can't they do, tried. And, you can't do that to people. <laughs> yeah. I think there were some, <sighs> I think there were some outtakes. That's, uh, <sighs> yeah. So, uh. That's uh that's cult of the month for November. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that are uh, fans of cult of the month, we have one more left in December. We are doing uh, two episodes in December. Yeah. And we're gonna take uh, two weeks off. Yes. Last year we didn't. No. And we went right through. Yeah. And uh, in lieu of recent events with family. And things like that. Yeah, um, but more importantly, we need to get ourselves queued up. For, no, we're gonna get queued up. Year. But I'm just speaking personally to this whole bit with my mom and the stage four lung cancer. It just makes me realize how special time how short time really is. Unpredictable. Yeah. Too. So yep. I would like to cast that as advice to everyone as well. Take the time. Slow down. Yeah. You yep. know, actively slow down. and In uh, keeping with November and Thanksgiving and mm-hmm. being thankful and gratitude and, yeah. and, and blessing, yeah, take that, take take the that time. moment. Take the time. So, yeah. So, yeah, we're going to take, uh, we just figure we'll start rolling it into the episodes now. So, you know, you're not yeah. just sprung on it. But, yeah, the last two uh, weeks of December were not going to be publishing anything. No. So, so nothing's broken. No. Uh, and we haven't quit. We're no. still going. Uh, we're putting together. So that's the next announcement. Yes. We have a few that we're just going to crank through. Uh, the next annou- announcement, and we'll be uh, asking more of the Facebook crowd, but the email is available to those who aren't in Facebook. And I don't blame you. It's a trashy place to hang out. Uh Email OTH at seriouslydecent.com if you have some ideas and suggestions for the for year. For next year, yeah. yeah. If, so there's a, uh, if there's a place, a person, yep. you know, something you'd like us Anything. to if deep you're, dive into. If you're uh, not in the States and you listen to us, we'd love to hear something of your culture. Yeah. You know, or Point some us in a direction. Just old, uh, old stories or, mm-hmm. or old uh, legends, so yep. to speak. Uh, we'd love to hear it. It's probably stupid to you, but to everyone else, it's new, exciting, yeah. different, and, and something else to hear. So, again, email us at oth at seriouslydecent.com. We'll be putting stuff up in the, uh, the, in the Facebook group. In the yeah. Facebook group, maybe do some surveys or things like that for people to participate in. And I will say, I as much as Facebook can be a shit show, mm. I do enjoy the group. I No, uh, the group is, honestly, the group is the only thing. That's keeping me, and I say this with all, all truth and all yeah. all love. the The Facebook group for this podcast is the 
only thing that keeps me on Facebook. Yeah. Because the rest of it, uh, it's just, I don't. I even... try to post some funny things, relevant yeah. things. I, I, no, it's fun. I do my witch things yeah. for, for my witches out there. Yeah. I see you girls. Yeah. No, and I, I, I like the engagement of things. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. people, uh, people put some funny stuff on there as well. They do. They uh, do. Uh, we have recently gotten into uh, abandoned castles, mm-hmm. places, yeah, yeah, fun stuff like that. That was that was a nice little turn of events. I I rather like that. Well, yeah, yeah. That just uh, stuff that we find, we toss it on there, and yeah. you know, we see if it gets any appeal, and if it does, it stays. If not, you know, we move on. But oh, the interpretive texts. Things. The interpretive text. Oh, fun. they're my favorite. They're they're fun. But they are my favorite. Yeah. So if you have an idea for an episode, give us a holler. Like I said, last two weeks of December, we're going to be taking a break. Yeah. And uh, I don't think we see any kind of format changes coming up. It's going to be the no. the same stuff. It's yeah. working. Uh, we're double our listenership. Yes. Uh, so that being said, you guys wanted us to keep cults. If yes. there's a cult. If oh, you would yeah, specifically please. like us to include in next year, please mm. let us know. Yeah, definitely. Otherwise, we'll be left to our own devices. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're staying with cults, and then also uh, folks wanted more stuff with Scientology. Uh, so we were glad to hear that, yep. and we're going to break that out separately. Like, it, like it's so big, there yeah. will be separate topics. And that's not going to take over cult of the month. So. No. We're going to just do uh, some real intense deep dives on singular topics of Scientology. Right, yes. And that'll last probably through the year, and I'd say after the year we're done with Scientology unless we unearth Unless something. they do something stupid. Well, yeah, you can't <laughs> count them out of that, that's for sure. You sure can't. So with that being said, next week we have... We're, we're going local. We and are going local. by local, I mean... Central New York area. Yeah, we are again. going to do the Star Hill Cemetery and the Potato Hill Killer, which mm-hmm. means one of us, I will probably do the Star Hill Cemetery and you can do the Potato Hill That's Killer. That's what I have written in my yeah. notes. So, yeah. yeah, that'll be nice. And then, yeah, after that, we're going to have just a couple more episodes. And, yep. And like I said, this isn't the last cult of the month. We got one more left. We do. Yes. We do. And uh, yeah, again, like I said, we've uh, doubled the listenership from a year ago which is amazing and we can't thank you enough uh thanks for spreading us around thanks for telling folks that you know mm-hmm. and if you're new uh yeah please uh we're a word of mouth group we're we are we're just a, a small little mom and pop we're not we're not in the entertainment industry other than uh doing this once a week podcast yeah we're nobodies and uh we have full-time jobs and we uh, we do yeah and then the last thing i'd like to do is any friends and family of ours that are listening that we won't be able to see this weekend, uh, we wish you a very, very lovely Thanksgiving holiday. Yes. And Have Thanksgiving a very weekend. very happy Turkey Day. Yep. Don't forget to gobble till you wobble. Mm-hmm. And, you know, eat the pie. Yeah. Eat all the pie. No, we hope you travel safe. We hope yes. uh, everything's well. Yes, so, all those things. Rule number one. And we also hope... You don't do anything with Ouija boards. No, because that is rule number one. No dolls. No dolls, too. No capes. Mm-hmm. No blood rituals. No. Nope. No cults, satanic or otherwise. No. You know, if you're going to have intercourse, release service. <laughs>
because otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what? Keep, keep going. <laughs> keep going. Number six, no apathy. You need to act to help enact a positive change in this world. You can do it. And I mean, mm -hmm. you know, Cummins probably a good one. Yeah. You don't need a bunch of aggro <gasps> around you. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And? Number seven, don't let the black-eyed children in. Don't do it. No. Especially not for Thanksgiving. No, don't look at them. Don't no. talk to them. Just don't give them what well, they you're want. You're going to screw your whole family up. Exactly. That's the problem. Do it yeah. on your own time. Yeah. Yeah. You want to mess yourself up? Fine. Fine. That's your business. Exactly. Number eight, just listen. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks again, folks. We love you a ton. We do. Thanks for being just the most amazing horror fanatics. Yeah. And uh, we hope you have a lovely day, a lovely week. And make good choices. Stay classy, folks. <laughs> <laughs>